Hello and welcome to Daily Conference for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini, your host for the show today. And during this episode, we will go over how to land hot podcasts that become your number one lead source. We will talk about the best way to turn competitors into collaborators so everyone wins. Uh, two things you must do on podcasts to get real leads and why a magnetic topic is critical to getting on shows. My guest today is Melanie Benson. Welcome, Melanie. Hello. Thanks for Good having me, Mustafa. Great to have you. So um, as usual, please make sure to like and subscribe to the show on whichever channel you're watching or listening. If you have any questions, put them in a comment or uh, uh, put them in a form of a review if you're listening to the podcast. If you have a friend that could benefit from the topic, which what we're talking about today is very valuable. And, and, and when I first saw the topic, I was like, oh, this is like on a whole new level. Uh, and that is bringing your competition in to become collaborators with you. Some people have a hard time bringing normal collaborators in never mind your yeah. competition okay yeah. so another thing we have so i'm really looking forward to this conversation another thing we have coming up is simple marketing formula is coming up uh on december uh during december and next week i'm doing a live webinar on how to create your one page marketing plan for 2022 the reason this is something that you should do and you absolutely must do because I say so. <laughs> I'm joking. Here are a couple of reasons. Number one, at the end of the year is here and 2022 is like literally a few weeks away. Number two, once you have a plan for 2022, taking your Christmas vacation and New Year vacation is going to be a lot easier and more relaxing because in the back of your head, you know what to do. You have a strategy. It's simple. It's on one page and it's a lot more likely to happen. So if you would like to join us on December 1st for uh, the live webinar that I'm doing on how to uh, create your uh, one page marketing plan, and I'm sharing the blueprint with you. Um, click on uh, the link here and the link is persaya.com forward slash simple. Register. It's free. It's complimentary and there's no catch show up and we're going to have fun. It's going to be live and interactive. This training is going to be on Zoom. Okay. It's not a webinar platform. I'm doing it on Zoom because I like interaction with people. So enough said. The link is in the, in the descriptions and the comments of the show. Now let me do the proper introduction for Melanie and we're going to dive into a very interesting conversation. Melanie Benz Benson, the authority amplifier for ex ex uh, expertpreneurs, shows you how to stand out in a crowded market and, and attract high paying clients and opportunities. Melanie has a proven track record of accelerating results for her clients. It is not uncommon to see three to five X revenue increases in the first six months. She is the host of Amplify Your Success podcast, is author of Rewired for Wealth, co-author of the best-selling voice of the 21st century and entrepreneurs.com uh, entrepreneur startup guide to starting an information marketing business and has been featured in Bloomberg, Business Week, Women's Day, and Parenting. Melanie served on the Women Speakers Association's executive team. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you, Mustafa. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about this today because it's kind of an eye-opener for a lot of people. Absolutely. So we're talking about how to turn your your competition into collaborators through podcasting. Yeah, there's a lot of strategies I use around this, but podcasting is an easy win-win, every you know, super like you can do it in the next 30 days kind of thing. Absolutely. So let's dive into it. Melanie, what is your story? How did you get into what you're doing today? Well, uh, there's a lot of twists and turns that got me where I'm at right now here, 21 years into business. But the fast story is I spent uh, about 15 years in corporate America uh, working for Fortune 500 companies and quickly discovered that I was a round hole with a lot of shapes, but none of them that fit. And I really was looking for something where I could feel my own uh, superpowers could be monetized and make a difference in the world. 
And so I started my business wanting to help people learn how to achieve their goals faster. And along the way, I realized that uh, I had uh, a couple of superpowers that people really, really liked. And one of them was uh, I was a natural collaborator. People uh, liked to connect. And I found that when you connect with people who serve your ideal audience, you can swing really uh, important doors open very quickly to markets that would take you years to cultivate and build that no like and trust factor with. Uh, very early on, uh, Mustafa, I uh, came out of the corporate market, knew nothing about being an entrepreneur. All I knew is I just wanted to be a coach. I wanted to help people achieve goals. And I stepped into a leadership position in the Los Angeles area. I um, started running a local networking group. So every month I was booking speakers and putting people in a room and uh, there were these three really high profile uh, competitors, if you will, that we naturally gravitated towards each other. We all did slightly different things, but we served a similar audience. And we very quickly realized that if we collaborated instead of competed, that we would uh, be more successful together. And so those collaborations were my first million dollars in revenue. And I realized later that not everybody it has this natural instinct to collaborate. Like many people do get stuck in this idea of competition. They get stuck in this place of like, ooh, I can't share my audience with you because you might take something from me. And uh, so to be honest with you, part of my story is like, I kind of stepped away from collaborating for a while. And I was kind of in my own silo. We started focusing more on ads and you know building up our own traffic and three things happened. One, I got really bored and lonely. <laughs> like, like I was missing that collaborative high, if you will. There's this natural high that happens when you're, you know, um, connecting with and co-creating with other high vibration entrepreneurs and business owners. Like there's just this something really powerful that happens between us. And two, my own list got really dry. Like I think at a certain point, we have to keep infusing new life into our email communities, into our Facebook communities. And it's very hard to do if you're not collaborating with others. And third, podcasting emerged. So uh, about 12 years ago, we all started to hear this noise about podcasts and audio platforms. This was before Zoom was popular, before we had webinars that were really peaking the way, or webinars were really just starting to happen. And, you know, like podcasts just kind of hit the market like a storm, right? And I recognized that podcasting was bringing a very unique opportunity to get in front of new audiences. And so those three situations that merged together, I realized, you know what, it's time to really bring collaboration back in and to really um kind of lean into the superpower and bring it more uh, to the front of the work that I do as a authority amplifier for expert-based business owners. Love it. Love it. So um, I, I have a bunch of questions that I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask later, but what do you do today and who do you serve? So what I do right now is I work with people who have a business, usually it's a service business, but sometimes it can be a product business and it's built around their expertise. So think course creators, uh, they deliver a service every month to a client. It may be retainer or by the hour. Usually it's a lot of coaches and consultants. And what happens is many of the people who come into my programs, they feel a bit like a best kept secret. They're doing a lot of things that they know are great offers. Like they have clients that are awesome, but they feel slightly invisible in the market. They get passed over. Uh, so a client is weighing them against a competitor and they choose the competitor. They're speaking gigs that don't come to them. So they're like, what is it? Why am I a secret? And I teach a series of programs on how to really own your message and uh, step into what I call this highly paid authority mindset so that you are someone that people believe is the go-to authority and they choose you. And so there's a combination of getting the message right, 
getting on the right stages and being consistently visible that all comes together with the right offer, an irresistible offer. And those are all the components we help people create so that they're having a consistent flow of new clients and many of which are willing to invest top dollar to get that expertise into their business to solve really costly problems. That I, That's a common issue that I think a lot of experts deal with, yes. especially experts that are a bit shy, experts that don't like to brag about themselves, experts that have been doing it for a long time, but are certainly not where they should be or where they want it to be. And hmm, that's a that's a common thing. It I, is a I, common thing. You mentioned the, you mentioned something that I just want to unpack for a minute. You said people that feel uncomfortable bragging about themselves, and I think this is um, this taps into some mindset that goes into this idea of being visible as an authority. And so, first of all, I think, and, and this is a writer downer. You might want to write this down as you're listening in. I think sometimes we forget that. Uh, authority is in the mind of the audience, right? Like it's in the mind of the beholder. And it, and it's not whether we think we're an authority, it's whether the person who's considering working with us or bringing us to an event considers you an authority. And there are ways that we can communicate what we do from an educational place that help people understand the value of the work we do in the world. So when we think about like, oh, I don't want to brag about myself and oh, this, that feels like so ego, right? Like there's a conversation that so many of us get into our in our head about what feels appropriate. And we have to remember, it's not how we feel about it. It's how our audience experiences us that matters. And so what when we're helping people recognize the value of the work we do, it's not bragging. It's helping them see a solution to something they are in pain about, they are struggling with, they are actively searching for. So you actually get to be their hero, right? And so I like to just shift that paradigm for people because I think that's a trap that keeps us feeling invisible is that fear of like, ooh, like I don't want people to like think I'm annoying or, you know, all the noise we make up in our head about it. It's all valid. It's just there are ways to do it that feel powerful and inspiring instead of disempowering and obnoxious. <laughs> Absolutely. Is there, are there any other blockages that, that you encounter with when it comes to establishing themselves as a, as an expert? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, I think there's a really popular one. Um, we hear about it a lot. I've had several um, media interviews on this recently because I guess I guess my work's getting out there around it, and it's called imposter syndrome, and it's the idea that, uh, okay, like, do I really know what I'm doing? And usually, what happens is we're we are doing the work that we're meant to do, but we're taking evidence from like uh, in inappropriate sources, so. Uh, whether or not a launch does as well as we want, or how many people are clicking on my po my posts on social, which is a horrible measure <laughs> of authority and success. Uh, which, by the way, as a side note, a lot of times the people who will buy from you will never comment. They're lurkers. They're watching everything you do, and when you when they hear the message that they're waiting to hear, that's when they reach out and hire you. So clicks and likes and shares are not a relevant measure. And so we take these external measures and we say, is what I, can I really do this? Like, am I really good at it? Good at it? Am I, am I capable of, of charging that kind of money to someone? And we let fear dictate whether or not something is possible for us. So imposter syndrome is really a version of self-doubt. It's just a worry that I don't know if I can really do this. And I think it's heightened if you're doing it alone. So, or you're comparing yourself, right? Like with so, there's so many people that look on social media or they hear people give a presentation or, you know, they're, they're watching a, something like this and they start comparing themselves and say, ah, oh, 
I'm never going to be able to do that. They're so much farther ahead of me. And that comparisonitis kicks in and you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I, I just, I don't think I'm good enough. So I'm going to just do something that's safe and comfortable that I know I can succeed at. And that's, that's honestly, that's not where growth comes from. But uh, if I can just give a plug for coaching for a minute, this is where we need our coaches. Every coach, every consultant, every service provider, you're going to be a hundred times more powerful and a hundred times more capable if you've got a coach in your corner who's helping you pull the best out of you and shape it and, uh, you know, channel your focus so that it's going to be getting you traction instead of making you feel like you're not good enough. So there's ways to, yeah. to circumvent that. One thing that I've seen over the years is a lot of people that are actually beyond good enough, they're like really, really good, are kind of shy to step forward. And I see sometimes people that are nowhere near good enough, like making a lot of noise, making a <laughs> killing out there, yeah. right? So yeah. if you hear this, if you're watching or listening to this, if you're shy, you should definitely try it. That's that's my that's my rule. It's like if I have doubts, I should definitely do it. Yeah. Um anyway. So let's get into um the collaboration with competitors um topic. Why do competitors make a great collaborator? Hmm. Well, think of it like this. Your competitor uh, they may do things that are similar to you and they probably do some things that are different than the way you do it, but they have already developed an audience of your ideal clients and your competitors. If they have a podcast, they have developed loyal listeners or a show like this. So it could be an online show, Facebook show, YouTube show, what does it matter? But they have developed followers and loyal listeners and an audience of your ideal clients. So what happens in these collaborative opportunities is if we can put aside, hey, we do similar things and we can say, where is their synergy? Where is there a place where we can do something that benefits the audience, benefits our client bases by you coming in and teaching something that's not exactly what I teach, but something different then everybody wins. It's the triple win. Uh, you're winning because you're getting tapped into a new market. The host is winning because they've got great content that's going to make them look like a hero to their community because they brought you in. And the audience wins because hopefully they're getting a new idea or they're getting a solution to something they're struggling with. So I like to call it the triple win because that's what we're that's what's at what that's what's possible when we get past that fear that a competitor is going to take something from us and we move into, could we find collaboration? I have a real life example of this Mustafa that just unfolded not too long ago. Actually a couple of them. I realized that some of my competitors make my best collaborators because there's so much synergy. And I have a friend of mine who I've known for like 15 years and uh, we met at some live events many years ago and um, she had reached out to me and she said, hey, do you want to find a way to collaborate? Maybe you want to promote this thing I'm doing. And I realized the thing she was doing was almost identical to a program I taught. And so I was like, oh, I can't really do it right now. It's not a good fit. I'm, I'm promoting something super similar. And then I moved on and was later in my promotional cycle. And, and I reached out to her and I said, you know, I love what you do so much and I love your energy and I love the way you teach it. Let's find a way to synergize uh, and like collaborate rather than feeling like we're doing the same thing and we can't support each other. And so it opened up this extraordinary conversation. And, um, you know, so we decided, hey, let's talk about the subject from both of our perspectives. So I'm actually on her show next week. And it, it, it instead of feeling like there was constriction and like not enough, we're like, how do we create a bigger pie and more by bringing what we do together? And I do this all the time. Like I have several competitors. We do almost the same thing. But instead of like losing that synergy, We've decided to be, uh, you know, open to the good that that's lurking in the in our blind spots and saying, well, maybe more good stuff comes by us coming together. 
Absolutely. I love the idea. I mean, if, if let's say I've spent 10 years to establish myself with a group of people and I have an audience and I have an email list and I've got a social media following and for you to just tap into that, if you're just going to buy it, say on Facebook, you're going to spend tens of thousands of dollars, hours and hours upon hours to build that audience. And if we have that collaboration mindset, I could just say, hey, Melanie, we seem to either compete or collab or, or complement each other. Would you be open to promote my upcoming workshop? And if it's a yes, and if there's synergy, like uh, uh, Melanie said, it you just saved a thousand hours plus probably a hundred grand. If if at a probably at a minimum, and I, I love that approach. Yeah, I was also thinking about the podcasting side of it. Um, there's a lot. I I love podcast guesting and being a guest expert. There's just millions of benefits. But one of the ones in, in this particular uh, thing is, if you think about someone who's got an ongoing show, they're always looking for content. They always need a great guest. And so if you do share a similar audience, bringing someone on who you know has your same audience is, again, is that win, win, win. It's you're going to be to, you know, they're going to share the podcast episode to their audience that means you're going to get new listeners. The guest is going to tap into your listeners. And it's a it's a way to shorten the cycle of building up new leads and, and new potential clients. Um, I want to I want to just share something I learned, though, the hard way. Sure. Everything I've done, like I learned the hard way. I learned by making <laughs> the mistakes and they went, OK, there's got to be a better way to do this. And. I had been on several podcasts early on in the podcasting craze. And all of a sudden I realized like uh, we started to go beyond the people who were inviting me and who knew me. And we were starting to pitch people to get on their shows. And I realized something that, oh, everybody's getting pitched a lot. There's a lot of people that are clamoring for these spots. And this is where really understanding the synergy opportunity between you and the host, the competitor, the colleague, you know, sharing your audience is so important is what you want to do is you want to pick a topic that complements what they're doing, but adds major value. So I call it creating a magnetic message. There is a mess, like you just said, when we were coming on the show today, like, man, I knew this topic was going to be really hot. It's like taking things to the next level because this is, this is a new way to look at our competitors. And I am very strategic when I talk to someone who shares a similar audience or who has, uh, who's a peer who, you know, I know we have a lot of collaboration opportunities. Like I want to solve a problem, but I don't want to be this. I don't want to blend in with the vanilla conversations that they've had with a million other people. I want a topic that's going to stand out. And so a magnetic message stands out in the sea of sameness when somebody's scrolling through a podcast or scrolling through YouTube, right? But it also sets you apart from a hundred pitches that they've received. And they're like, huh, okay, I might not know Melanie yet, or I might not know Mustafa yet, but this topic is really magnetic. There's something that's drawing me in. I'm going to go check it out and see if this person will be a good guest for me. So there is a strategy to, especially if you don't already have a relationship with somebody, to getting them to pay attention and to choose you, or at least have a conversation with you that will make it uh, easier to pitch those competitors who might otherwise just kind of put it in the uh, delete folder in their inbox. So uh, Melanie, do you create, um, say one good magnetic topic that everyone is going to love, or do you research each podcast and say, all right, here's a pot topic that I think they're going to love. Yeah. Well, so I'll tell you what I do and then I'll, I'll give you the advice I give clients here because um, I actually have four types of topics that I, I keep on hold. If you go to my media page on my website, you'll see we have four key topics. And then what I typically do was I will look at 
if I'm pitching them to be on their show or it's a friend who said, hey, you want to be on the show? Just let me know what kind of topic you want to cover. I go and look at the types of things they've been talking about and I pick something and I might fine tune the the what I call the topic a little bit to fit their show. But I will typically do some research before I submit my materials to make sure that A, the topic is going to stand out and B, that it, it's complementary to the things they're doing. And, and like, there's an audience for what I'm talking about. Cause I've had situations in Mustafa, maybe you have, and as you're listening in, maybe, maybe you've had this happen too, where you think a topic's really going to land. And then you realize, huh, this didn't do so well because there's the, the audience hasn't been nurtured for this conversation yet. So they have to have some context for the topic that you're going to bring into the, into the show or the podcast. Now, if you are maybe newer at this, or uh, you've been trying some some episode or some topics and they're not getting great traction, then what I always tell my clients is let's fix one thing at a time. Let's let's make let's magnetize one key topic, get out there, get some real life feedback, get get on some shows, start to see how it's going to work, and then let's go to another one that emerges after you've been on a few shows and you're like, I cannot talk about this one more time. <laughs> like there becomes a saturation where you're like, I'm so bored with my own topic. I can't talk about it anymore. Yeah. And you want to have a little variety once you have created that, what I call that buzz and momentum by getting on a slew of shows and getting that topic to create some buzz and momentum for you out there in uh, podcast land. Got it. Okay, so you have three or four topics and you try to. Uh, um, I try to fine tune it to yeah. the audience. Yeah. To audience or to the show. Audience. Yeah, to the okay. show so that it really uh, it has meaning and value to the culture of that podcast. Because every host, and I'm sure you've seen this, Mustafa, every host has a culture they create around their show. Yes. You know, they have they have a context. They have a way that they engage with people. They have a theme that they pretty much stick to, uh, and they typically have some uh, an energy pattern that they bring to their show. And so, the more you can understand that, which means you got to do a little research, uh, the more successful you'll be in your pitch. Here's here's yeah. my favorite thing that that is a surefire get into the delete can um, is. Pitch me a topic that has absolutely nothing to do with the theme of my show. It, it's like, it tells me you have no idea what my show is about, which means you haven't listened to any of it. You've done no research and, and you're not going to get booked. And so, this so that's is the where, way to not get it. That is the way to not get booked. And that's not okay. collaboration. You know, podcasting is a collaboration. You got it. So. How does podcast guesting help you connect with those competitors that mm -hmm. we're talking about here? Yeah. So, or how do uh, we covered... how do we get them basically? Yeah. So, there's a couple of different strategies, and I'm just thinking too. There's something else uh, if we have time I want to talk about, and that's how to really maximize the the ROI of being on someone's show. But um, so, there's a couple ways in. If you're in a community. Uh, uh, of um, other experts and people in your industry, chances are uh, at least 30% of them have a podcast or a show of some kind. So take some time to get to know the other people in that community and see if they have a show that serves your ideal audience. It's a great way to open up a collaboration opportunity. So that's one thing is uh, schedule, get to know you chats with other people and see what they're up to. Chances are they're going to invite you onto the show if it's a good fit, but um, be proactive and, and start to make new connections. Second, uh, I if you have a podcast, go research some competitors who have a topic that might be a good fit and invite them onto your show. That activates the law of reciprocity. So when you invite people onto your show and you, you can have a conversation in the green room and oftentimes they'll say, Hey, you know, what kinds of things do you talk about? You'd make a great guest on my show. Hey, why don't you come on my show? So you can kickstart those collaboration opportunities that way. The third thing that I tell people to do is go use the best search engine on the planet, YouTube, right? 
go to YouTube and start researching topics that are uh, topics that you might talk about and see what pops up in your feed. Most of the, a lot of those YouTube channels are podcast episodes that have been repurposed or they're the video that feeds a podcast. And so that's a great way to find people who serve your audience and are going to be looking for great guests and third, fourth, I guess it's fourth, <laughs> find people who actively have guests. There's a lot of podcast hosts that don't have guests. It makes absolutely no sense to pitch a podcaster who doesn't bring guests on their show. Again, it's just, it shows that you don't really do your homework and you don't know the, the show. If you're pitching a podcast or a show that's a solo show that isn't really looking for guests. You got it. So what if you bring a guest on and, and they, they don't offer to have you on this show? Do you mm -hmm. ask them if they want you on their show? Okay, great question. So let's say I'm on someone's show and I'm getting a sense there's some great collaboration. I, I might outright say, hey, I noticed you have a show. Um, are you looking for guests in these kinds of topic areas? But another thing I usually will do is I, if I really enjoyed their energy and I feel like there's collaboration, I would say, so I, you know, I love the conversation we had, like this feels like there's, there's some good synergy here. Are you open to exploring some other ways that we might collaborate and connect? And so I'll invite them into more of a conversation because what happens is again, like this is all learning. I realize like not everyone has in their DNA that, that uh, they're not always looking for collaboration. They're not always thinking, how do we re reciprocate? They're just in their, their own little world going, okay, I got to get through the next podcast, next podcast. And they're being a good host for the show. And so I call this taking the lead. Sometimes it's really helpful to take the lead and steer the conversation into a direction where that next thing can be um, activated, right? And so that might be a follow-up conversation, or maybe there's a few minutes there. It may not always work, but it's worth exploring to see if that if that relationship can turn into what I call collaboration currency. There's more uh, potential in there to be activated. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I like the fact that you said you could talk about, hey, I, I, I like this collaboration or I like the energy, would you like to talk about collabor collaborating further? Or are you interested in these topics? And they could say, yeah, your name. So yeah. Melanie, I have a follow-up question that that is, sure. do you bring on guests that you know they're only there to promote themselves and they would not? Mm. Would you say no to them, to those guys that are just, just self-promoters? It's interesting. I recently, uh, about a, about eight months ago, I made a decision in my podcast that we're going to change the structure of how we let guests on, especially guests I don't know. Um, so I'm okay with people using it for visibility, but it is going to be a sponsored episode. So somebody's just there for the visibility. They're not planning on on activating what I call the podcast uh, exposure, you know, the ROI, and they're just they're just going to leverage my audience to fill a program or drive leads. And I don't already have synergy with them. Then they're going to invest in what's called a sponsored episode, and it has okay. to still be a good fit. I'll never let anybody on my show that I don't think has value to add. But I I learned the hard way that just because somebody is a high profile name. And they are really, really great at what they do. That doesn't mean they make a great collaborator or make a great uh, podcast guest even. And so mm -hmm. I still vet them out. I still, every, every single person that comes on the show, I vet them out. But if they, if I can tell they're just trying to like get on the show for exposure to, to sell their products. And um, I think it's a good fit. Then it's a sponsored episode. So big decision we made going into 2022. You got it. I love it. Yep. If there's no collaboration, then it's a sp sponsored. But then I, I guess there's that shyness of bringing that up. Some people have a hard time bringing that up. Oh, I don't. 
I'll well, and, and so again, it's, it's all in the positioning. And it, so here's the thing, and, and I know we're kind of detouring a little bit and I want to come yeah. back to the ROI thing. Cause I think the ROI is really key as a guest. Yeah. That's my next but, question. Yeah. But, um, so here's the thing, like people come on my show and my audience, if I, cause I do a really good job of interviewing people, they get clients. So I know my podcast is a powerful visibility machine for the right types of experts. And if they didn't get a guest, it's because they didn't deliver a magnetic talk. They yeah. didn't know how to structure the conversation in a way that was enticing and appealing and uh, really like made them irresistible and desirable to my audience. And when that's done well, people tell me all the time, man, I got some great clients or I got a whole bunch of leads and thank you. It's like, it's, it is a powerful vehicle when used well. So when somebody pitches me, cause I get a lot of pitches when somebody pitches me and they say, Hey, we'd really got somebody great for your show. Or they're like, I'd love to be on your show. And I think it's a good topic. Uh, what happens is my team reaches out, we do the research, we see how, what kind of reach they have. We see what kind of uh, audience they have on social. We see, do they regularly share the episode? Cause that's a key part of it. And then we will tell them what the investment is to be on the show to get the reach we have and they could choose to be on it or not. So it's, it. it's a system rather than an emotional conversation, right? Love it. So let's talk about maximizing the ROI of being on the show. How do we do that? Yeah. So there is a system that I teach. Uh, it's called Get Magnetic Messaging. And the way I see it work the best is it starts with your topic. It then moves to having a series of what I call catchy uh, like hooks and formulas. Like I like to do something called authority formulas where you teach a specific formula or you have like these catchy phrases that people kind of connect to and, and they realize like, man, this is standing out in my mind. So you want to be that like when somebody thinks of the problem, they think of you. I, I have uh, had some of those catchphrases over the last 21 years. And I would have people who heard me speak at, on a stage like 18 years ago and I would run into them. And they go, every time I have this problem, I think of the little formula that you taught me. Right. So it's, it's about kind of having that mnemonic uh, or that like memory connection for people. And then, um, and then the real gold is what happens after the show. So obviously the host is going to air the episode. They're going to put you on their social. They're going to do whatever they do that gets the traction for the show. But then what you do with it is a big part of how you, uh, tap into the market. So I have found that if you share a show on your own social media, not just once, but over and over again, what you do is you're able to leverage someone else's credibility and authority. So I'm on your show. I'm borrowing your credibility, Mustafa. And then in my social media, if I keep tagging you every time I share the show, I'm showing up in your feed you're, uh, and you're, I'm showing up in my feed with this high profile show, Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. And what happens is people who are dormant on social media will see something that's relevant to them after I've shared it the 17th time and it crosses that, that their vision at that one moment they're on social, then they watch the show and they're like, oh my God, that's brilliant, Melanie. And, and I'm like, man, I have aired that episode 17 times and they now are just seeing it. So it's the repeated the repetition sharing that gets in front of the audience that needs you the most at the right time. And now they're like, oh, I didn't know that, that she was on Mustafa's show or uh, I didn't know that she was on the Conscious Millionaire show or I didn't know you were on um, Entrepreneur on Fire. It's like whatever the episode is, that moment they see it is the moment they need to see it. And that's when they become they get out of that dormant stage and they become an active listener who wants something that you're doing. So not only do you get to keep building a relationship with the audience, uh, with your host audience, but you can also reactivate your own dormant followers and turn them into active leads as well. Absolutely. I think that consistency and that persistence and the repetition over time 
builds the the seriousness of your message. Like mm-hmm. if you tell me once that, hey, listen to this, it's it's important. I'll be like, all right, okay, I'll get to it when I get to it. But if you tell me 12 times, then I'll be like, this is probably serious. I should probably look into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and sometimes it's relevance of the moment, right? Yeah. The problem you're focused on right now or the goal you're focused on right now may not be the same when you're focused on three weeks or three months from now. And so seeing something when it's relevant to you is very different than the moment it airs. And that's mm-hmm. the power of repetition is get, getting that message repetitively, repetitively, repetitively. <laughs> that's the right word, repetitively out in front of your audience at the time they're looking for a solution. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think there is the relevance and then there there is the repetition. Like in the marketing world, yeah. we always say it takes about seven or eight exposures for them to- To get it. Make a decision, right? Yeah. And hmm. Uh, um, and, and it's and it's the same for me. I don't know if it's relevant or not when it comes to fundraising. I have turned to my mom's favorite fundraiser for some charity work that she does because um, uh, I'd like to think that I'm good at it. And I've done it like it's uh, so, so many times. But what we do is like we send multiple messages to people mm-hmm. to say we need funds for this person that needs medication, money for their medication, right? First few messages, they don't take it seriously. But you know when they do? When I pick up the phone and I call them and say, are you going to make a donation here? And this is some personal relationships, right? But then they'll be like, you know, I've I've been wanting to do this. I've been thinking of doing it. I know how much I want to do it. And this call just made it happen. So it's that to me, it's that repetition and the seriousness that makes it happen. In your case, it would be like posting the episode on social media 17 times. And they're like, maybe I should consider this because I've seen it a million times now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's a whole psychology of why people take action and what triggers them out of their busyness and into paying attention, which is probably a whole topic in itself, but it's so true. And it is, it's repetition, repetition of a relevant message when people need to hear it the most. So you're dead on there, Mustafa. All right. So here's my next hot question. Okay. And that is how do we land the hottest competitor podcasts? Hmm. So this is what where authority comes in. Um I there are a lot of really high profile podcasts and everybody wants to be on them. So A, you either have a relationship, B, you have a relevant topic and our authority. C, you buy your way in. Those are the three ways in right now. So relationship, there's a lot of ways to get to relationship. Um, you invest in someone's mastermind. Uh, you have somebody who can make an introduction for you. Those are common ways into uh, hot, hot podcast. Relevance. If you are not willing to invest your way in, so a lot of these really hot podcasts, as I mentioned before, you know, if I don't know somebody, we're moving to a a sponsored episode. Uh, John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneur Fires, had sponsored episodes for a really long time. Uh, A lot of the high profile hot podcasts are moving in that direction because it's media and everybody wants to be on it, right? And there's limited bandwidth. Um, Relevance is going back to that magnetic topic. If you do a really good job of researching what the culture of a podcast is about and what is like relevant to that community right now, and you there's an intersection between what you're good at and what they're creating a need for through the conversations they're having on that podcast or on that show, and you pitch a what I call a rocks method topic you will find yourself getting booked because this is where people go, ooh, that's really unique. That's a cool topic. And here's the best part, Mustafa. You get on a couple of those hot podcasts with a relevant, hot, magnetic message. You don't have to work so hard to get on any other shows. You're going to get a ton of um, invitations from other podcasters to get on their shows because they're like, that was hot. I want that on my show too. Can you come over and do that talk for me? Or can you, can you take that topic and do it for, for my show too? So 
those are yeah. the three best ways right now. I just, I just, I just got that. Like, there's a guy that's been bugging me uh, for to show up on their show, and they just don't give up. I'm like, wow, was it that <laughs> powerful? So, um, it, it, it's, it's certainly a confidence boost when people reach out to you and say, hey, would you like to share your message on my podcast? So, it's actually on my to do list to get back to that person. Um, so, um, can you give us some tips on how to? research someone's audience and the, mm -hmm. a good topic that we could come up with because quite yeah. frankly i don't know how to do that myself well it, it's a there so let me just say if this is not your superpower you definitely want to get some support with it because the the way most of us think about our our topics are not the way an audience interprets them and so there's a little bit of magic that goes in it um what I tell people to do, let's take the researching first, is you want to go and uh, research people who they uh, show up uh, in a lot of your communities. They, you notice uh, clients of yours tend to show up in their podcasts or uh, other competitors of yours showing up on their podcast. So there, it's kind of like there's a lot of little uh, spider webs that, that you all of a sudden you're like, okay, this person I think is doing some similar things. Um, the best way to find these podcasts is just do some Google searches or just scroll through your peers on social media and see what podcasts they're showing up on. That's how I find a lot of the podcasts that, that we uh, get booked on. The magnetic topic, this is where I dig, would say you got to dig a little deeper. So I mentioned the rocks method earlier. The way I develop topics for my clients is I use the ROCKS method. And the ROCKS method is, it's R-O-C-S, relevant, outcome-driven, credibility-boosting, specific. Relevant, relevant outcome-driven, credibility-booster, and specific. Yep, you got it. So it's a little formula that I just came up with to help people remember how to name things. I use it for naming everything in our company, everything I do with my clients. And it helps me just remember, like if I'm going to create a title for something or I want to create some like energy around something and create that viral impact, it's got to fit inside those four components. So relevant is, is it solving, is it clear that it solves a problem or helps people achieve an outcome? So relevant you know, if we're in the middle of a pandemic and I'm trying to talk to you about traveling on a cruise ship, not relevant, right? <laughs> so you want something that's relevant. What's on the minds and in the hearts of the people that are your listeners right now? Outcome-driven, number one mistake most uh, service providers make is they, and by the way, we're talking about daily confidence. Using this formula should give you confidence to go and pitch shows and like be a fantastic guest. Like I want everything I'm teaching you. I want you to really take it in and use it because it should help you feel more confident. Mm -hmm. uh, outcome driven is uh, instead of talking about the feature, how you do it, talk about an outcome. An example, I have a client and she's super brilliant at everything she does, but she talks a lot about creating her course or, or like how to create an online course. And I'm like, well, that's great. If somebody knows they want an online course, but what if they don't know they want an online course? What's the real outcome you're creating for them? And so we started like playing around with like profitable online course or uh, like how to, you know, scale your business through online courses. So bringing in a little bit more of like, what is the thing I really want with the, with the outcome? So even the, the topic we're talking about today is like how to turn your competitors into your number one client lead source. That is an outcome. Instead of just like, hey, go get booked on podcasts. That's a feature. So outcome driven gets more magnetic traction. Uh, yeah. Credibility boosting is obvious, right? It's like the title should showcase that you know what you're doing and it should build trust and rapport and specificity. That's a big topic. We probably don't have time to unpack it fully, but let me just say that the market at this time that we are airing this conversation is responding to things that have specificity over generality. 
So you notice, uh, thank you for sharing that, by the way, my gift is 17 mistakes you're making. That's specific, right? <laughs> so it's not like, here's the common mistakes. It's like there are 17 of them that you make. Um, so think about how can I bring some specificity? The other thing is specificity in a very um, subliminal way gives people confidence and more uh, like it kind of positions your authority because it doesn't just feel like you're making it up. There's a, there's a rhyme and a reason to it. There's that specificity sells. And so you study the most viral lead magnets, podcasts, topics, videos on YouTube, there's specificity in their topics. So that's the, the, the foundation for the way I see those magnetic titles that really get you booked. Love it. So um, tell us more about the uh, your gift here, the 17 mistakes sure. you're making as a guest expert that are costing you the lead and clients. So I've been podcasting for almost 10 years now. I've had a, I've had different kinds of online shows my entire, you know, like probably 18 of the 21 years I've been in business. And what I have found is that you can be really smart, really talented, and really not good at delivering a podcast interview that gets you leads. And there are certain things you have to do. And there are some common mistakes that really great experts make that end up getting them crickets when they show up on a show. I was talking with someone who has multiple business successes over the 30 years he'd been in business. He's been doing the podcast tour and he's like, um, you get clients from the episodes you're on. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, most of them. And he's like, well, what are you doing that I'm not doing? Cause I'm not getting any. And I, and I had him on my show and I was like, oh yeah. Okay. He said, he like made 12 of the mistakes <laughs> that I cover in the 17 mistakes. <laughs> you were the winner on the, on the yes, wrong side. <laughs> you scored the high score is not a good thing, but you know, here's the thing. They are common mistakes. Everybody's making some of these mistakes. And it's just because most people are, they haven't realized that this is an opportunity to attract clients. It's not just this random winging it conversation. It's like there is a structure to what you talk about. It's not that you're inauthentic. It's like this is an authentic conversation. But it, it's like the way we communicate things is either pulling people in and attracting them and creating an irresistible, like, I want this quality. Or it's like, okay, that's nice. And it's like, click away because I'm like, okay, I didn't get it. Like, I don't see the relevance to me. And that when you really start to recognize, okay, if I shape the conversations in this way, my leads go up, my clients go up when I wing it and I don't really have a strategy and a structure, it's a nice conversation. It's great visibility, but it's not getting results. Visibility mm. without results is just busy work. I am definitely going to download this and see is my phone talking wait so um i'm definitely gonna um download this and see what kind of mistakes i'm making if there's 17 of them i'm probably making at least half of them <laughs> Up to, if yeah, I'm being... we all make one or two right <laughs> <laughs> so i'm definitely going to check and see um uh, what mistakes i make because like you said it, it is better to have a strategy instead of winging it and go out there i and sometimes we think we have a strategy but we really don't sometimes we, i i think let me use myself i think i'm very smart but the results are not <laughs> proving my thoughts right so yeah i'm definitely gonna check it out and yeah. see so gang if you want to get access to melanie's gift the 17 mistakes that you're making yeah uh, uh, melanie is this a pdf so what it is, is uh, if you go to MelanieBenson.com forward slash daily confidence, uh, you'll get access to it. it is a PDF. And what I do is I walk you through all 17 mistakes so you can self-assess. Okay. And then if you're like, okay, definitely making some of these, there's a bonus training that goes with it and you can watch it and it'll help you like weave together. So what should I be doing instead? And um, I find that when you can really tune into the intersection of what are my superpowers? What are the things that I do so well that solve a costly problem for an ideal client? There's this trifecta that if we lean on that, it's magnetic mm -hmm. because you're in, you're on fire, you're in your inspiration. 
the energy's high and it's contagious and people that's desirable for people. Love it. So gang, again, if you're watching or listening, go to melaniebenson.com forward slash daily confidence, download this list. So today's topic was how to generate leads from your competition by podcasting. This list here, this is one PDF that is worth its weight in gold. And it's just probably a few pages, but it will give you the strategy and the confidence to be able to come up with a strategy. Here are things that I'm going, I am going to do to be able to show up on uh, podcasts, present myself, have a strategy, deliver a solid message, and more importantly, get leads and generate leads. So that address is melaniebenson.com forward slash daily confidence. So, um, Melanie, can I ask you some personal questions? Sure. Um, what are your favorite top two or three books, books that have made a massive difference in business or life or books that you have recommended a ton? Well, uh, my all time most impactful book was by Gay Hendricks. It's called The Big Leap. It radically, radically transformed my uh, understanding of what happens when we're stretching outside of our comfort zone. So I give that to every single uh, mastermind client that joins my program. I um, also really, really like the magic of thinking big. At a time when I was struggling to kind of figure out what I wanted to evolve into next, like I knew where I had been wasn't where I was staying. And um, I was kind of looking for inspiration. I read that book by David Schwartz and I thought, wow, this has changed everything for me. Um, and then the third book, the third book, uh, it was the book that introduced me to coaching. And it was Take Time for Your Life by, um, Cheryl, her last name is uh, eluding me right now. She's one of the coaches that I follow for many years. Uh, but it, it was an older book, but it literally fell off of a book stand while I was walking through a bookstore uh, before I had left corporate. And I was trying to figure out what do I do if I don't do what I do right now? Like I was trying to find a career path that made sense for me. And reading that book, radically transformed my perspective of what my superpower was and how it could be used in the world. And it also taught me that being a in a constant hustle and grind mode was not going to be a long-term success strategy because at that time I was working a hundred plus hours a week and I had very little time for myself. So it it showed me how beautiful a good coach can guide you to something that you don't even know is possible. Absolutely. Beauty. So the books are The Big Leap, uh, The Magic of Thinking Big, and Take Time for Your Life. For Your Life. Yeah. Amazing. Melanie, what's one advice that made a massive change in your life or business? Uh, invest in the business you want, not, not what you think you can afford. So this radically transformed, again, my, my whole perspective of what it means to grow. And what many of us do is we play it safe. We uh, let fear make our growth decisions. And when I discovered that there is a different way to think and, and a way to invest your energy in what you want rather than in what you think you can afford, everything changed. And uh, this is not about going into debt to create a business. That's not the strategy here. It's about investing in the business you're becoming and then working the plan to make that investment a 10x, 50x, 100x return on investment. And so it's a massive shift in perspective. I actually did a whole episode on amplifier success on it because it, it you know, I learned it many years ago, but I find it, it is something that is worth repeating and sharing with others. So you said invest in the business that you want, not in what you the think business you, you think afford. you can afford. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. Melanie, if you had an ad, a Facebook ad or a Google ad where everyone on, on earth could see everyone with internet access, what would your message be for the people of earth? Well, I'll tell you what jumped into my head first is um, go for the bold dream 
there are, there are limits you're meant to shatter. If I oh, look cool. at the work I have done with my clients over the 20 years, uh, the ones that get the best results are the ones that went bold. They, sh they, they shattered every limit they had about themselves and let me take them where they could be, not where they thought they could be. Love it. Very inspiring. Now, last question. What advice do you have for your 20-year-old self? My 20-year-old self? Holy moly. She was not uh, She was not ready for this life I'm in now. <laughs> uh, my 20-year-old self, I would say... Um, um, like, don't let the story in your head dictate what you believe you're worth. So I think um, I let there was a story that I had that emerged from my childhood and my, my ways my parents raised me that was very limiting. And I let it dictate my self-worth for many years. And if she could learn one thing is like that story is just a story. It's not your reality. So don't let it dictate what you believe is possible for you. That, that, that's a common, common um, theme in a lot of people. Mm -hmm. How did you overcome that? How did you change your narrative? Uh, wow. We could probably do a whole call on that. Um, I, was would, a I, lot would, of I would deep gladly do a whole, whole episode on that. Yeah. This is where my I had no confidence at that age. And my confidence came from learning how learning what my real superpowers were, building a business around it. But also I had to rewire. I, I actually wrote a book about it. It's called Rewire for Wealth. I think you mentioned it in the intro. I wrote a book about it because I literally had to rewire every belief system I had to create a reality where unlimited potential was my reality instead of limited potential. And it was, it was not the easiest thing. Like I still have stuff come up from my childhood that um, I have to put through this process, but our stories are very limiting usually. And they're not our stories. They're hmm. stories that people gave to us or we created to protect ourselves from a reality we had no control over. And those stories are now playing out in who we are in business. And so, you know, a lot of the work I do is mindset first. It's like rewiring the belief system out of the one that has limited us for so many years and into one that opens us up to what's really possible. Melanie, I would, I'm going to invite you sometime down the road to talk about learning your superpowers and building mm. your business around it. Cause that, yeah. that, that really, that, that one line really jumped at me. And, um, so far that's the topic I have in mind. I don't know what you think. Okay. But, I'm game uh, anytime. That sounds like a really subjects. interesting topic about because a lot because <laughs> here's the thing, uh, and, and like you were saying, a lot of business owners have that those stories from their childhood, from different failures, if you will, will hunt them down, and uh, they have to deal with it. So mm -hmm. I think we've got a, a solid episode there yeah. that uh, I cannot wait, and that affects our confidence. On a daily, weekly, depending on when it comes up and how it pops up, it uh, it could hurt us. So, Melanie, it's a date. this has been what's that? It's a date. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So let's do it in 2022. Sounds. I'm good. looking forward to that. So, Melanie, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. We talked about um, why you should be on a podcast, how to establish your expertise, how to frame yourself how to pick a topic, how to approach them. We talked about a whole bunch of different things that do affect our confidence. So I really appreciate you for that. Thank you for sharing your expertise and knowledge and wisdom. Is there anything that you would like to add that you feel like we didn't talk about before we oh wrap up? Gosh, we've covered so many amazing things. Um, you know, I, I think the last thing, it's not fresh on my mind because I did an interview earlier on it, is just know that you can't do it all alone. Like the confidence comes by staying in your superpower and letting go of everything else. Hire people to help you grow. 
surround yourself with people who reflect that amazing super back superpower back to you. You get to choose your environment. You get to choose who's in it and you get to choose who's not. So the more uh, you surround yourself with people that lift you up and inspire you, the more confidence you have and the more energy you have to go out and conquer those big goals. Absolutely. Love it. Surrounding yourself with people to lift you up and focusing on your superpowers is the way to go. Beautiful. Gang, thank you for joining us, watching or listening. You've been listening to episode 79 of Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. My guest today was Melanie Benson. To grab her gift, 17 Mistakes You're Making as a Guest Expert that are costing you leads and clients, go to melaniebenson.com forward slash daily confidence. As usual, please make sure you like the show, subscribe the show to the show. If you have any comments, uh, comments about what we talked about, make sure you put them in whichever channel you're watching. If you have questions, ask them on social media or reach out to us uh, through the uh, podcast platform. Uh, and we'll get back to you, answer those questions. If you have a friend, which most business owners should have a friend that could you benefit from this, please tag them in a comment on social media so they could benefit from it and uh, share the love and let other people tap into Melanie's wisdom and all those goodies that she did share. As I mentioned earlier, uh, we are doing a training on how to create uh, your one-page marketing plan for 2022. Happening on December 1st, the link is prasaya.com forward slash simple. Opt in and we're going to have a a fun live session together. And that is it for me. Thank you for joining me. My name is Mustafa Hosseini and we will see you next week. Bye now.